Hello everyone, welcome back to Board Guy Rambles into Phone. This week's episode brought to you by water. Water everywhere. I think that was, I think that actually brought another episode to you recently. Uh, about a month or so ago, and we can talk about that later, I guess. Uh, this episode is going to just be about a bunch of things, I think. Uh, not one thing in particular. Uh, wrestling, uh, movies, I think, we're going to talk about. Uh, games that are wrestling-related. I don't know. I'm going to just... I don't know, I have no particular order to this, I just, there's been a lot that's happened in the past week or so, I, and we'll talk about a little bit of stuff that happened on our television shows for wrestling, but it's not going to be anything in particular, uh, I think, not like comprehensive reviews or anything like that, uh. And I'm not even really sure where I want to start this with, because there are just so many things I can talk about that I don't know where to begin. Uh, so, uh, I guess we'll just start with the fact that I am now going to a second AEW show in this month. I'm going to AEW Rampage at the United Center on the 20th, uh, because of rumors and stuff. Uh, I, it's really weird. Now I'm going to Rampage and All Out, and I don't even really watch AEW. This is, it's, so it's, it's kind of really weird, uh, that I'm going to both of these. I'm going to All Out because, obviously, a friend's coming in from out of town and staying with me and going so he can go to the show, and it would be kind of silly if I didn't go with him. Uh, And now I'm going to this show just because, I mean, it's within a couple weeks of All Out. It's going to be very relevant to what happens at All Out, presumably, uh, unless all these rumors are all just bogus piles of shit or something. Uh... Yeah, but as much as I talked about in the last episode about the stuff with the fans regarding this person and regard and everything about that is true. Uh, I stand by that a hundred percent, no matter whether I'm going to this or not. It has that being said. He's still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Not my favorite wrestler of all time, but one of them. And he he definitely was my favorite wrestler at that time. So, even though the fans of both uh, companies are uh, toxic as hell... uh, if he's coming back, I still, I should still, I still feel like I should be there. I, because I, I, I know I'll be disappointed if I, if, if it happens and I wasn't there. Even if I don't really, even if I don't really want him to come back in the at the end of the day, uh, if he does come back and I could and I could have been there, 
I should I should be there to, because of that. Because uh, I I know regardless of how I feel about the return itself happening that I will still be disappointed if I could have been there. And I mean, also the tickets were pretty cheap for that as compared to All Out, which is expensive because it had to go through stuff up for that. So, uh, I'm not mad that I'm going to it. I do think it's weird considering I basically don't watch AEW. I just kind of see what's going on and uh, I might go back and watch some stuff. I should concentrate more at least in the next month until I watch, uh, go to All Out. So at least I know what's going on. Looks like Tanahashi might be there. So that's cool. Uh, the more people from New Japan, the the well, the ones that I like that you can bring in, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. So going into that, because if it happens and I'm not there, I will be very disappointed with myself. I know I will be. Just like I, if for some reason Becky came back last night at Raw, I would have been disappointed in myself for not having gone to Raw because it was in Chicago, but. I knew there was no reason to think that she actually would be. Uh, so I'm not mad at all. And actually, most of Raw last night was shit, it seemed like. Uh, so I'm pretty happy I didn't go to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm happy Keith Lee be carrying Cross, thank God. I guess that... I, I assume that was clean. So... I guess Keith was has, is the only one to beat Carrying Cross straight up, so that's cool. Should have just beat him and retained the belt, of, uh, he, however long ago that was. I guess I, about a year ago now, but that's a different story. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's like well, there 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 is no. They weren't doing anything that would lead one to believe that Becky would have been back last night, and apparently she might not be back till October. So, that's disappointing. And, like, the only thing, other thing that could have gotten me to go to Raw would have been Edge. Maybe Roman. But, I mean, there's no reason they would have shown up without being able. So, everything else that was advertised for Raw was just a no. Like, I... Bobby Lashley doesn't interest me. I don't want to see Goldberg. Uh, hate Charlotte. Don't like Nikki. I I like Rhea somewhat, but that that's whatever. Riddle versus Omos is the only other thing you're advertising. It's like nothing on the show is anything worth me paying money to go see. Not playing Among Us with my friends. <laughs> like you had the the whole Goldberg segment in the beginning, whatever, and then you started, then you had like, Drew and someone from Ginger's, one of Ginger's friends, and they were, that segment seemed to take forever to get off of my television, uh, like, why? Uh, and then your first match was like, what, Nia Jax versus Rhea? Why? Why is your first, like, seemingly real match, it seems like, a Nia Jax match? in Chicago, what are you doing? I don't, I have no idea what happened to Rhea's, or not Rhea's, uh, Nia's face, but, 
hope hope that wasn't anything super serious because like her face was really bloody. I, I I don't know what happened to it. Uh, also, for anyone who was thinking that the only reason Becky Lynch became so over is because Nia fucked up her face and th- that she was bloody, are you are you you wonder why uh, Nia is not suddenly the most over person in the company now? It's because it wasn't because of that. It's because of Becky Lynch. You dumbass motherfuckers. Anyways, uh. Mustafa and Mansur had some match with the guys that were in Retribution. They lost. Uh, that happened. Uh, Sheamus and Morrison had a match against Priest and somebody? I don't even remember who. Yeah. Uh, Nikki beat Charlotte in the main event, which I did not watch because it was while well, I was at work. I don't like either of them. I'm not going to go back and watch it. What's the point? Uh, yeah, so that was raw for the most part. Uh, I don't know how the crowd was in terms of being assholes. Uh, I had the volume fairly low, so I don't know how much they were being dicks with CM Punk chants or not. Uh, yeah, and I don't know how much they were being dicks about Bray Wyatt chants or not. Because uh, there's images of at least a couple people saying, uh, t- trying to make Chicago just hijack the show and cre- just chant about Bray Wyatt being released. And I'm just like, you know, I wonder if they're going to get, these assholes are going to get so confused by now needing to chant about Bray Wyatt that they'll think for a second, oh, we have to chant CM Punk now, or and and get it confused with getting chant, having to chant for Bray Wyatt instead, and that their wires will cross, and their heads will explode, and we won't have to deal with them anymore. So... Maybe a bunch of people's heads just exploded and we didn't have to deal with it. I don't I don't know if that happened or not, but I hope they all spontaneously combusted and we don't have to deal with them anymore. Uh, yeah. Uh, that being said, Bray Wyatt being released, I mean, eh. I don't know. He's better off going to somewhere that'll book him well. If he's going to continue wrestling. Let's leave it at that. Because they fucked him over so many times. And he he shouldn't be somewhere that they're just going to continue to fuck over. So, oh my god, you release him, how dare you? Why? Should he stay there just so you can continue to be pissed off about how they book him? Because that's all that's going to keep happening. Now, the whole Alexa Bliss bullshit needs to go away, because, I mean, it needs to go away anyway, but now she, the, the person who her gimmick is can't even, isn't even there anymore, so her gimmick needs to die a death. A thousand deaths. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that being said, 
apparently Ronda Rousey had a, some kind of tweet about Bray Wyatt today. Uh, like, imagine tweeting what she tweeted. I mean, part of it has a point, but also, uh, you're also kind of making it also sound like you think that Bray is expendable. And, yeah, no. Uh, Tyler Breeze had some weird-ass comments yesterday. And a lot of people seem to be praising him for it. I don't really understand that. Like, he, like he said something that were, was good. Now, part of it was like he was... He basically said something along the lines of, they signed a contract to sit on a bench. And if they use you, they if they need you, they use you. But... Uh, if you're going to go complain online and just hate this, you should quit your job. Now, I'm not advocating about going online and complaining about how you're booked. That's, I think that's the main part of what he was talking about. And that part, yes, you shouldn't be, you don't need to be going on to Twitter and complaining about it. Then you can quit your job. But at the same time, you didn't sign a contract to sit on a bench. You sat on a contract to wrestle. For this company. Now you didn't necessarily sign a contract for like not everyone signed a contract because everyone's going to win a world title. That's that's a whole different thing. But you didn't sign a contract to be in a bench. Don't like that. No. Uh, don't get that twisted, please. Like, so you now you're just like advocating for. I don't even know where wrestling fans stand because like the. Okay, so you're, you're praising Tyler Breeze for saying you, you signed a contract for to sit on a bench and then and don't go complain online, but then you also make fun of people for sitting and catering for so long because you think they're bad. I don't... And so on. Uh, but then the people that you do like, you're upset that they don't get used and are sitting and catering. Like, these are all, like... Th- completely opposing viewpoints here that people hold at the same time. And, like, you need to pick one and stick with it, please. Like, is is this, per, is this person... Okay, so you're going to laugh at this guy for being in catering because you think he's terrible, but this person that's sitting in catering that you love is underused and needs to be on the television more. And then this guy thinks that this is what you you signed a contract for. So those people that you think it's hilarious that they, they can't get out of catering and those people that you're mad that they can't get out of catering, now you're okay. But now you're okay with the fact that that's what they signed up for, to do what you're make, uh, making fun of them, both making fun of them and upset that they are stuck there at the same time. Please choose one and stick with it. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand wrestling fans in general sometimes. That's not a surprise. Uh... Okay, uh, SmackDown, last SmackDown was alright, 
wasn't the best one. Uh, Sasha came back. No, took him long enough. It was a little weird how they did it. Uh, I'm not mad at who they use in that tag match. It's just the the backstab was obvious. You knew that was coming. They couldn't have tell uh, telegraphed that any any more that she was going to turn on her at the end of the show. There is no reason that match would have main evented otherwise. Like them just winning the match against Carmella and Zelina is not something you close a show with. As much as I like three of those four people, uh, that's not a main event match. Uh, So you knew something afterwards was happening and there was only one thing it could have been. So, that being said, like, you can't expect them to have just had Sasha come out and attack Bianca and that's it, and expect her to get booze. You needed more than that. Because you had, like, the situation isn't, it's not just Sasha came back from an injury and she attacked someone. Like, this is Sasha's first time in front of fans outside of WrestleMania, and she's going to get a huge pop, just like everyone else did. So you have to understand that at the same time. So, like, you can't be that harsh on it. Uh, They could have done it better. They could have done it differently. But the fact that she came out there and got a face reaction, she was always going to get a face reaction the first time she showed up. Uh, yeah, she turned on, uh, she turned on Bianca faster than she turned on all of us and with all the anti-vax bullshit. Like, like she ran out there so fast, I was wondering if someone, uh, was trying to give her a vaccine. Anyways, uh, yeah, if anyone's like... I don't know if anyone's wondering, like, because, like, when that all happened, I haven't talked about that on the show, considering, I, do, I mean, I just haven't, but, you like, if, if you're assuming, because everyone knows how big of a Sasha Banks fan that I am, even though Bailey has overtaken her, uh, that if, if you're wondering what my opinions are on her apparently being dumb and not knowing that you need to get a fucking vaccine immediately. Uh, no, she doesn't get a free pass just because she's one of my favorite wrestlers. No one does. Not a single person. So, in case someone's going to try to come here with a gotcha question and wondering how I th- what I think about that, it's the same that goes for anyone who thinks that way. Now, I don't think she is going going to be continuing further down the psychopathic right-wing uh, bullshit like some other people in the company, like Karrion Cross and Raquel Gonzalez and people like that. But uh, I do particularly think that it, it's, she was probably led to believe this kind of bullshit about vaccines from her parents. Because I do know from, like, backstage interviews and so on, or, like, document documentary shit that, like, she, uh, 
her how like she comes from a fairly religious family somewhat like i'm not gonna say like total like it's the most intense like religious family cult or something like that it's just like i know that she they have that their their faith is important to, to them let's just say that uh i'm not gonna speculate on how much but with people who have that kind of faith and knowing that her brother uh is on the autism spectrum uh it's not too difficult to assume that her parents probably are one of those idiots or some of those idiots who think that vaccines lead to lead to autism which is complete and utter bullshit, as everyone with anyone with common sense knows. But I think it's probably safe to assume that, uh, and that they push that on her, and that's just not uh, a belief that you can remove from someone very easily after they've probably been brainwashed by it for so long. Uh, so, I, uh, outside of that, like, I, I feel like she has other beliefs that are more progressive, but that one, I think, is just, like, ingrained, probably, from her upbringing, I'm gonna assume. Anyways. So, now we will view her more like AJ Styles and so on like AJ Styles we know isn't a great person but he's uh, he is a great wrestler uh so we will call like we call him out, out for any bullshit but like we can at least appreciate his ability in the ring Sasha is going to be viewed as someone more like that although not on the same level as AJ cuz AJ has more more than one offense. It's like she she's not she hasn't fallen out of my my favorite wrestler thing. Uh, although now I will definitely a hundred percent say that Bailey is my my favorite and that she is not it, it's not a one one and one A one A one B and one C because Becky is also there. It's more that Bailey and Becky are one A one B and. Sasha is just like right after that. Uh, it's that's what it's gonna be. Uh, it takes more than just one thing to to remove. It takes like three things basically. The only person who has had the same amount of things or had has had so many things that were bullshit that have made them completely fall out of favorite wrestler and now I'm just like really mad and really don't like you and mad that I ever did because of this is Jericho who by the way uh tweeted uh a picture of him and his wife and included her uh her handle and like tagged her and her, her her twitter handle is just her name and a bunch of numbers which is basically code for, hey, I'm a right-wing troll. And sure enough, if you go to it, there you go. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to bring up, I'm not going to tell her, tell you her actual, 
actual like at to go look at this. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to find out, you could easily go to his page and find it. Uh, I'm just not going like I, I'm not trying to make you go see this, but this this is what it is. I saw from just the first tweet there. That's all I needed to know. And you don't need to know anymore. You just need to see that her name, it her at is her name and a bunch of numbers because. Every right-wing troll is an at with a name and a bunch of numbers because it's their burner account or their previous account got banned and they just made a new one and didn't change their name to something else. It's it's an automatic code for, I'm a right-wing troll, I'm a useless human being, I don't deserve to even be talking to you, I should have been banned the second I joined this, etc., 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 so I, I, just, I just thought that was amusing when I saw that. And I'm like, wow. Uh, anyways. That being said, I did see a tweet from somebody a few weeks ago that said, and it had it was clearly referring to the whole Sasha situation. And it, it's someone I actually know from real life and not just someone on Twitter. If it was just some rando on Twitter, I probably wouldn't even mention this. It's someone, this is someone that I actually know. Uh, one of my sister's friends, we're some, we're kind of friends, but we don't really talk. Sometimes we talk about wrestling every now and then, but he's mainly one of my sister's friends. Uh, he tweeted something along the lines of someone that the IWC typically or it's been revealed in the past few days or something that someone in the ID, that the IWC that very much loves or something uh, that I've always found to be overrated is uh, is not a very good person and I feel vindicated by this and first off I'm like there's nothing here to be vindicated by because just because she's n- not the best person in the world and this is the only thing that you can say is that she's not the best person in the world about everything else that people try to claim that she's a bad person about is still bullshit and everyone knows it and everyone knows what those things are so anyone who tries to say like oh we tried to tell you about this so and so many years ago no all that was still bullshit and you're all still fucking assholes for that just go into fire and die. For if you believe any of that shit still. Any anything that you said about that said about her before this is still completely invalid and you're still garbage for it. That being said, uh even if she's not one of the best people in the world, that doesn't mean that she's a bad wrestler. Like a lot of people like to go out of their way to 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 decide that everyone who is a ter- not a good person is automatically a terrible wrestler now and the the wrestling twitter likes to do this a lot and it's like no that's not how it works it doesn't change how good of a wrestler they are she she's one of the best wrestlers in the world and just because she isn't bright enough to know that vaccines are are good apparently that doesn't mean that she's not one of the best wrestlers in the world she still is and always will be so there's nothing you can do, and like you, there's nothing to feel vindicated for. If you think she was overrated, then that's just question. 
then that continues to just make me uh, question your taste in wrestling in general. Because you can't call someone who is objectively one of the best wrestlers in the world overrated. Because that only says something about you and nothing about the person that you're th- calling overrated. Just means that your taste in wrestling is shit. I just need to make that perfectly clear. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I, I see try see people do, try to do this with a bunch of different people. And we you need to... Like, you can't just try to project the fact that they're not good people onto the onto their wrestling abilities cuz that's just not the truth they're either good good at wrestling or they're bad at it uh now being a bad if you're a bad wrestler and then it comes to light that you are a bad person it will make it will pretty much just write you off as no one's ever going to like you because you it doesn't at that point you you will never get past you can never get past that because you you suck and you're and you're terrible like you have to be a really 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 good wrestler for something like this for you to think something like this and for us to separate the fact that you're not the best person in the world from that and at least still be able to enjoy your wrestling but also acknowledging the fact that you're not the best person and that these views you hold are wrong. And people like Karrion Cross are terrible people and terrible wrestlers. Same with Raquel. Same with a number of other people. Same with Velveteen Dream. Well, I don't know. Regardless, I mean, maybe he, he's a be- better wrestler than Karrion Cross and Raquel, but still, terrible human also, someone tried to put him on a show recently and then instantly regretted it because, well, what the fuck were they thinking? I just, I saw that and I'm like, you seriously tried to book Velveteen Dream, you stupid people. Like, you're that desperate for people to talk about you that you would sign that, that such a toxic asset? <laughs> like, do you know, you know what that guy did? Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, moving on, uh, we were talking about SmackDown. Yeah, SmackDown, uh, other thing like, the, the 24-7 title match on that shit, like, that didn't make any sense to me, like, I don't mind that they had a set-up match for the 24-7 title, that doesn't bother me. But like you, why you had them go out there and get challenged by Chad Gable? It's like okay, Chad Gable is twenty four seven champion could be cool. Like also, I I don't still I don't mind Reginald being the twenty four seven champion. I think he could be entertaining with it as far as twenty four seven champions go. Uh, I just like they had this match and then Otis just attacks him in the middle of it and then. It, there's a disqualification. I'm like, okay, but it's a 24-7 title. Just pin him. And he, chase after him. No, he just jumped over the rope and ran away. It's like, you can attack him and get the disqualification, but the 24... Like, you could just pin him now. I don't understand this shit. It's like, I, I don't get it. Uh, 
I don't know what Cena what what Cena's doing. Like, like I don't. We're supposed to cheer him, but like everything he's saying just makes me want to see Roman kick his ass even more. So that that that's the thing. I'm just like, like Finn almost signed that thing, and then Baron Corbin came out and just like, why? I don't know. I mean, like you can't have Cena not fa- and Roman not face each other after starting it. Like that doesn't make any sense. You have to do the match. You know, you could do a triple threat match. That's different. But, like, you can't just swi- switch courses and go with Roman versus Finn after you started Roman versus Cena. Like, that, you can't do that. That's, like, you're just opening or leaving these loose ends, and Cena's not going to be around much lo- too much after SummerSlam, so you have to do it at SummerSlam. It's like, unless you're going to save it for WrestleMania. No. Uh, so maybe it'll be a triple threat. Otherwise, Finn's going to be right there for a, a title match at the pay-per-view after SummerSlam. And that's fine. Uh, they have not made enough of a big deal about the fact that Roman and the Usos all have belts. I feel like they have not used them enough together since then. That the Usos have just been sitting around w- wasting time with the Mysterio still, and that should be over with. Uh, Edge versus Seth is, has been fun. Uh, I like where they're going with that. Uh, that's pretty much all I need to talk about on SmackDown, I think. Uh, NXT? We're doing... S- Joe versus Cross now at TakeOver, which is the day after SummerSlam now. Kind of weird that they're on opposite days, but, I mean, SummerSlam's on Saturday. That's just how it is. I, I just want to say, you know they're 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 trying to bring this guy back at on Rampage just so uh, uh, the night before SummerSlam, just so the people at SummerSlam will chant his name throughout the show and try to ruin it. You know that's why they're doing that, right? They're just trying to make the uh, the crowd at SummerSlam be assholes. That's what. That's why. You know that. It's not because they need, need him desperately on their show, or because they think that he's going to actually do something uh, for their ratings or something. Uh, it's not, that's not what it is. It's just so that they'll be assholes, and I'm just like, you should have the be at on the same night and just wonder if I just want to know like if this happens while a WWE show happens is happening and technically it's, it will be because it's going to be on the same night as Smackdown that night I want to know if the second it happens on Rampage if there will be a ripple effect of the crowd at the WWE show that just start chanting his name at, for the rest of the show, unending, uh, when it happens, because everyone has phones, obviously, so we all have cell, cell phones. Come on, let's get real. Uh, get the If you get that reference, let me know. Uh, and then certainly they'll find out, because that's going to be a huge headline. I just want to know if we'll be able to know 
when it happens on AEW, it by watching SmackDown. I want to know. Uh, we'll have to find out. Uh, by the way, they used, used piped-in cheers during Drew McIntyre's entrance on Raw. And had Cena stuff in the background, and that was, uh, st- like, their commentary about Cena from Michael Cole. So, good job. Uh, also, I I, I should have just mentioned this right off the bat. How dare they bring Raw here and not SmackDown? Anyways. Uh, yeah. Back to NXT. If I even started to talk about NXT... This whole segment with Io and Zoe at this restaurant was gross. Like you're trying to make so you're trying to make us like Zoe Stark more by Zoe being casually racist or at least culturally insensitive to Io. Why should we like her more? Eh. Just everything about that that was that was. No. Uh, Dakota turning face on Raquel, finally. Didn't turn heel. Dakota's the good guy. He's the good guy. Easily. Oh, she attacked Raquel from behind. No, she didn't. Raquel likes to show us her back so much that her back is actually her front. Figure that one out. Anyways, uh, yeah, so, I think that's pretty much covers all I can think about in the actual wrestling world that's been going on. By the way, if you want to know why I haven't said the person who's coming back to, or coming to AEW, (laughs) mentioned the person's by name, it's because I might be showing this episode later to someone later who doesn't know about it and I don't want them to know want them to know that until it happens so uh if you're wondering why I didn't invoke the person's name even though I invoked the person's name at another point but it was real anyways uh let's just see what else has been going on I've been playing far too much WWE Supercard um, just like this, I was playing this Codebreaker event and this leaderboard event where you have to just play constantly over and over and over again. I'm so tired of, of arrows. And if you play this, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you have to be in the top 10,000 people to get this card, this Tony Storm card. And. That just means you have to keep playing, because if you do, obviously if you stop playing, you'll stay at the amount of points that you have, and everyone else will pass you, and you won't end up getting the card. And I stayed in the top 1,500 once I started playing uh, for four days, so that that was that was hell. But it, but she's my best card now, and I it ended up ranked 943. It's only the second of these leaderboard events that I've ever done. I I really don't enjoy those. Uh, that just stresses me out, thinking I have to constantly play this. Because I kept expecting to fall further than I did, 
overnight. Uh, and I guess that's what happens when you're in the lower ranks, because it's easier to pass someone who is a lower rank because they have less points. But I guess because I got to a specific point, and I didn't sleep much, to be honest. Like, I, like I'd go to bed and I'd only be sleeping for like five hours. So I only ever felt like 500 at most. So, like, I think I got to 600 at one point, and then I dropped to like 12 hundred yeah that was that was that was pain and then I, w I wish i didn't have to play it any, anymore this week for no, the next event card because it's they're doing two events this week and then get the new tier next week and nope i have to get this one and even then that might not be enough to make me be even be able to get the event card next week because it's the freaking tier locked one Yay. My decks for those events are not high enough or won't be the SummerSlam tier once we start. And thus, I won't be able to get them. And I'm not going to do everything just for a regular SummerSlam card. So, great. Uh, work has been boring. So for last week when I ended up so I, I probably mentioned a few weeks ago how the I had a deal with the fire pump going off once on my overnight shift on a Tuesday right around this time of day actually uh, about a month or so ago and I was wondering what would happen if both of the two emergencies that this mall basically has which are called the pit and the fire pump yeah i wonder what would happen if they needed to be fixed at the same time because i'm not i wasn't sure if this ever happened at the same time no i'm pretty sure i think if the pit happens and it's not taken care of well fast enough that i think the fire pump will happen i think that's just generally how it goes uh, so naturally, I got to be the one to find out. Uh, this happened at 5 a.m. Technically, it was Wednesday morning, but it was on my Tuesday shift last week, and it was at 5 a.m. It was like somewhere between 4:45 and 5 o'clock. I was getting out of the car to go unlock the doors and turn off the lights as I usually do. Now, it had been a pretty clear night. The moon was out. It's stars. No reason to believe that there was any kind of a storm coming. No one told me that there was a, that there was a potential for rain in the morning, uh, that there might have been a bad storm coming at all. If that kind of thing is going to happen overnight, usually I'm at least aware that it might happen. I had no idea from any like from any weather apps from just other people who happened to know this. Uh, the sky seemed normal, like there is no way that this could have ever happened. And so I get out of the car, and as I'm getting out of the car, I see in the distance one flash. I see one flash of lightning, and I'm just like, heat lightning. I mean, I had no reason to believe anything else could have been the case. 
So I go inside and uh, I do, I, like I turn off one thing of lights and I go to the bathroom. And by the time I'm getting into the bathroom, rain, just bunch of rain. And then like, I'm just like, okay, so it's raining. I'm like, I don't, I don't like when you're inside, obviously I'm inside. Like I can hear that it's raining because I mean, it's a mall has a huge roof. So like if it rains, you know, doesn't, but it also could, makes it kind of sound worse than it is potentially. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I don't know if all malls are like this, but my mall is like this. If it rains and it's rainy, like steadily, you know, like, you know, this any, like in any building that you're in, but I don't like, there's bigger malls around me. Like, I don't know if it's, if you hear it th as much in those malls, but like here, you know, because I mean, obviously there's a lot of area because it's a mall. So I open the door, like I'm going to go unlock it. And I'm just like, okay, it's raining, but it's just raining. No, it's it's not. It's a torrential downpour. And like, I, like I couldn't even open the door to stick my arm out to unlock it from there. I like, I like if I, if I got, if I opened the door at all, I was going to be drenched, basically. Like, now, I don't think this is the the worst downpour in the history of downpours or anything like that. So I'm not trying to exaggerate that, like, I would have, like, it was completely awful kind of storm. But, like, I because I feel like if I said, oh, if I, if I move the door, I'd be drenched. Like, that might sound hyperbolic. Maybe it is. Uh, but it's, it's enough. And then I, I went towards the exit doors and I looked out I'm like okay yeah I'm gonna have to make sure that this thing is set up of course it's not it's like I booked it all the way over to the one end of the mall where it is and of course nobody has set it up because probably nobody even knew that there was gonna potentially be a storm but this is like a two this is a multiple person job and I couldn't do it well I mean no, well I'm not I did it but it's just like Having one person do this is not a good idea, especially when the storm is happening, because this thing fills up fast. And if you are going to, like, you need to have this thing set up if this kind of storm is coming. You cannot s start setting this up while it's happening without expecting some kind of bad shit to happen. So, like, I set this thing up as well as I could. It's hard to explain what like, what exactly this thing is, uh, without showing you, uh, like, I, it's hard to describe, so, like, there's a pit area that's under the floor that lifts, that fills with water, if it gets to the point, obviously, it, it floods, it'll, and then there'll be water on the floor, or whatever, so, like, you, li we lift it up, and there's, there's pumps in there, uh, that'll pump it out of hoses, it, that we can, like, connect it to hoses, the hoses go all the way down the hall, all the way through, like, around a corner, through a corridor, and outside. Uh, there's two, and then it has two hoses from the two pumps that are at the bottom of this thing, and then there's a third one that's at the top, like, like at the top of the opening here, where, uh, so you have to roll out the hoses from the hole halfway across the hall, and then you have to go into the corridor, prop open those doors, pull out the other hoses, uh, the other sides of the hoses from in there. Uh, 
out to where the other hoses are just laying, connect those two, make sure they're tight to, uh, cause if they're not tight, they'll just split. And then when it turns on, the water will just go all over the floor where, where, uh, the first hoses end up. And then they will go through the hoses, go into a pipe that's in the corridor, go all the way down the pipe and then go out the door and, and just flood, just flow out the door and it will drain the whole, drain the whole pit area. That's why, um, that's why it's called the pit. Uh, so like I connected the two hose, the two sets of hoses as well as I could. It's not easy to get them to be tight. And then like, you, you're also supposed to like make sure they're flat, uh, against the floor and not just like kind of tangled or like wavy or sideways which is pretty much impossible to do. The maintenance people like to yell at us if we do this poorly, but, uh, I mean, if you want it done well, you get here and do it. Uh, and then, uh, so did that, and then you have to take, like, before you even do this, like, around the hole, there's, like, caution barriers, and it's the power cords are wrapped around this, so you have to untangle the power cords, pull the, pull the bar barrier parts out, and then pull out the hoses. Then you have to, like, take out the two parts of the, the uh, parts of the floor that are covering power outlets, p put the power outlet, plug them in, obviously. And then obviously then it'll turn on if it needs to turn on, if it doesn't need to turn on and it's just, it's sitting and waiting. But uh, so they turned on, there's still someone on the floor. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, that's cause I have to go open this, the corridor door to go outside, prop that open drag this the yellow part at the end of the tube because if you don't do that the water will still not go out because it's it just it won't be able to go through it so you have to do all that and then there's a third hose that if it's still going to the top and it's still getting still bad uh you need to connect that one too so I, I connected that one but i could never plug that one in because the power the power cord goes to a power outlet that's in a space uh, an unused store space behind a gate that I could not lift because someone must have locked it and I did not have the key to it and I didn't have time to go try to find the key for it uh, because it needed to be done now uh, and I can't just lift it. Uh, I know it's not just I'm not strong enough to lift this gate because I've lifted it before as long as it's unlocked. I tried the one key that I had but that key was just not for that door. Uh... Yeah, so that's happening. I'm trying to call the one maintenance person that well, he, who wasn't even on call that that week, but he's the closest person to me. So I'm obviously going to call the closest person to me if I'm going to try to call to get someone to come help me. Uh, so I called him and I told him that I can't lift up the skate. He was, was like, took him took forever and he's like, okay, I'll be there. He never showed up. Uh, uh, so I, I called my assistant boss and like. He, basically just talked me through it. And another maintenance guy called because the, the, the fire pump went off. Uh, uh, so I had to go take care of that too. Uh, cause he, he told me, like, you probably already know the uh, fire department. I'm like, Oh yeah, I know that's the thing because the, the, uh, an alarm will call the phone if that happens usually. Uh, so he, I'm like, well, I don't know whether I'm just like, uh, the pit's happening right now and I had to set that up. There's water on the floor. I'm sorry about that. And it's just like, okay. And I'm like, can't lift the skate. So I had to book it all the way back to the car, 
which was where I normally leave it, which is halfway between the garage and where the pit is, get in the car, drive all the way over to the garage, and go in there, and I turn it off just as the fire department was coming into the, the garage. So much water on the floor over there. The, like, that was completely flooded. Uh, so, t- got out of there, put my stuff from the car back in my own car, and then at that point, like, I'm just like, I'm if there's water on the floor, there's water on the floor, there's not much I can do about it. So I started to uh, turn off some lights and unlock a few things that I could hit, like, on the way over there. And then I looked at it, I'm like, and the power cord was still where it was. I'm like, okay, well, the maintenance guy never showed up. Uh, he's not going to show up at all. And it's like, okay, it's calming down. Uh, I'm just going to just go do the rest of my bit, do the rest of the stuff I need to do. Because at that point, there is no need for it. Uh, no need to stand there. It's just like, it, it's lowering. The rain has basically stopped from what it was. It's fine now. There's just water on the floor. I did the best that I could. Just do the rest of my job. And that's how that went. And, there's, uh, the, and the fact that I still got everything unlocked and turned off that I needed to was is a miracle in itself. And, of course, it had to happen to me. This never happens to anyone else. It's always on a Tuesday, and it's always happening to me. And thank God it was me, because if it was the other Midnight guy, God knows what would have happened, because, like... He is in no condition to have been dealing with anything like that. And this was on the week that they they decided that the midnight guy is supposed to go in the basement to turn off the parking lot lights because they couldn't, because they can't figure out how to get that taken care of. Just have someone fix that. Uh, No, they have to, they're trying to make us go in the basement again, which is something that I, that the the midnight guy used to have to do when I first started here a decade ago, by the way. Uh, it's not the same switch, but it's the same place. Uh, I'm just like, it's 5.45 a.m. I'm dead tired by that time. If I fall down these stairs, which is behind a locked door, there's no one else in the mall, and no way for anyone to get to me. I'm not doing that. The morning person can do that. The fact that all this uh, pit and fire pump bullshit happened at the same time, on that week. Hilarious. Anyways, we are at 55 minutes, and there's still one thing I want to talk about, but I'm going to have to stop this here, save it, and then uh, we'll have to get back to that. So, let me pause here, and I'll be right back. Alright, so we're back. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that I saw the movie Jungle Cruise today, and I just felt like talking about it, because uh, it wasn't a bad movie, but it was really, really dumb. And now, I wasn't expecting anything amazing from it. It's called Jungle Cruise, but... It was just dumb enough that I feel like I need to talk about it. Kind of like, uh, before, I don't know if it was before I started, actually started my podcast that I did this, or if it was just afterwards, I'm not sure. I did a video about the movie Ad Astra, because that movie was so boring and so dumb that I just had to talk about it, and just talk about the 
sheer nonsense that I just watched. And this is kind of the same. Now, I, I've, I at least enjoyed this movie somewhat, instead of, unlike Ad Astra. So, like, this is, like, this isn't the worst movie I've ever seen or anything like that. So that I don't even know, I wouldn't even say it was bad. But it was dumb. Uh, it's probably, I mean, it's probably the worst movie I've seen this year. I haven't seen too many movies, and obviously we're in a different situation where I would have seen a ton of movies and where there's a other competition for that at the moment, but I just, and just, like, I don't know. Like, for Ed Astra, I just kind of, like, went through everything that happened chrono chronologically, and I'm not sure if I have everything that just happened in this movie just, like, ingrained in my mind now, but we're going to talk about it, because it was not, it was nonsense. Spoilers, if you care, don't listen if you're going to watch it, but you should just listen to it anyway, because, okay, so we start off, and we're with Emily Blunt's character, who, honestly, I don't even know what her name is at this point, because we'll get to why I don't know what her name is uh, right now. Uh, well, we start there with her character and her brother, who, his name I know is McGregor. Uh, anyways, he, uh, he, McGregor is giving a speech to a bunch of just, just English, like, I don't know if it's a, like, a government or some kind of council, whatever. They're go they're going here because they need, they want to get something that they, these people in Britain uh, retrieved from the Amazon or retrieved from somewhere if it wasn't the Amazon. They need this arrowhead thing to go to the Amazon and get uh, leaves from a tree from to use what's called the Tears of the Moon or something or other uh, because they wanted to use it to, to heal a bunch of people because it has... Uh, healing properties and so on, uh, and powers, whatever, we'll get to, uh, and they need this arrowhead for that, and they know the, the, this, these people in England have it, uh, now, obviously this is, uh, Emily Blunt's character's speech that she made, and she would be giving this speech if the people in this council were just openly sexist, this is during... Uh, this is supposed to be during one of the world wars. Uh, I, I, I'm going to assume that it's the first one. I don't think, I think the first, is the first one the one that they called the Great War? Uh, anyways, I mean, it, it didn't seem like there was any Nazi things happening, so, uh, during this war, so I'm going to assume that it was just the first world war. Uh, so yeah, so the brother is giving the speech and saying why they need this, and he's reading off a cue cards, and then he fucks up because he reads reads the words "pause for dramatic effect." Good job, because uh, and you know this isn't his speech because you see Emily Blunt who's up on the second floor and just speak speaking this 
to herself silently. Cause, so you know that she's the one who wrote this, and they practiced this many times, and she has it memorized. So you, you know this is actually her. She just has him saying it because they won't listen to her, because she's a woman, obviously. So I don't really know why we have to go... First off, have to have period pieces and just be like, hey, these people were assholes to women. Well, of course they were, but it, it's also 2021 now, and you don't actually have to do that. I mean, I, you're just trying to be uh, with what the times were then, but you don't need to do that. Anyways, uh, after he starts fucking up, like, fucking up they say no you don't need this but then he just like holds their attention so she can go get this thing uh anyway uh so she leaves and so she goes somewhere else in the building where this is being held or like she's gonna try to go sneak into it uh and get the thing uh she sees uh jesse plemons jesse plemons who is in game night if you don't know who he is, uh, he was also in Judas and the Black Messiah earlier this year. Uh, so he is—he's the bad guy, but you don't know he's the bad guy just yet. Uh, he's just kind of hanging out outside the door of where this this thing is being held, and like they talk for a minute or two. I don't really remember what was said, but like uh, he just kind of let her go. So because like I mean he didn't have any reason to believe oh she's gonna go steal it steal this thing uh she gets into this area where uh the crate that the the ship from the shipment is and there's a bunch of people in there just working and it's a small space and like how the hell no one even saw her when she was so obviously right in front of all their faces I really don't know like she walked past this one like walked next to this one guy who's working on something uh, he sees her, this guy sees her in the reflection of some, something he had, and then, like, he looks to his left, she's immediately gone, it's like, oh, and then she, he just turned his head back and be like, okay, so you're immediately an idiot. It's like, you saw something that didn't, didn't belong in your room, and you just, it's not there a second later, it's like, you, and she literally had walked, like, two steps. So, I'm like, you went in on to look, uh, so she walked a few steps, avoid somebody else. Again, how, how anyone hasn't seen her, there's four people in this room besides her in a small space. How you, how did you not see that? Anyways, uh, she walks, she finds this cr the crate. It happens to be just like right there. Uh, so she goes around the corner. Uh, she does something to, uh, she push, she reaches through a hole and pushes something off the desk of the first person uh, who happened to see her reflection, push something off the desk, so he went, look, and he, she grabbed something out of there, uh, off of his desk to use to prop, to open this, uh, crate, took the thing, but as she's taking the thing, uh, the guy, the main guy who told her brother no, had shooed him out of the, out of the door, and then come and came and talked to Jesse Plemons, and, they came in because he was he was going there for the exact thing that she was there for, because uh, he had pay, he was paying for it he was buying it from them, buying this arrowhead. And uh, obviously she goes so she uh, just goes and hides. 
by, by a window or whatever. She's trying to escape. And they open this crate, and so sure enough, the, the arrowhead is not in there anymore, and he's pissed off. They they see her, and so basically what happens, like, there's, she, like, goes out of, uh, goes on to a ladder, climbs up a ladder, and just, like, jumps around on it a few times. But this ladder falls backwards, and she falls out the window. This ladder is hanging out the window. She's hanging from the ladder, uh, and, like, the guy wants the the thing from her. Whatever she falls out the the window, uh, lands on a on the top of a double decker bus, I think. And then, anyways, they drive off. So then this guy gets is obviously pissed off that the guy who he was trying to buy this from uh, that and he says this guy's name and because he said this guy uh, said Jesse Plemons' name, he's. Uh, some pr- German prince or something or other, and he so he basically just kills half the workers that are in there, and that's the end of that scene to open that up. Said so Jesse Plemons is the bad guy. Okay, and then we open, then we switch over and we see the Rock, obviously, and he's guiding the Jungle Cruise, which he he's basically just doing what the actual Jungle Cruise ride basically would have been. Uh, he's just he's guiding a tour in the jungle. What do you know? Uh, he's making really bad, really bad puns, and nobody's buying. Everyone's just like really annoyed at him for this. And he's like, he's trying, like he, he's he's made this ride to be or this cruise to be like more exciting than it actually is, because uh, like everything that they see, like he's clearly planted there and so on. Uh, like there's uh, a big. Well, besides this big tree that he gets, that's very close to uh, crashing into, but like he gets them away from that. There's stuff that's like flies at them, or like he clearly set that shit up. Uh, people dressed as uh, natives that come out and just like shoot darts at them or something, but he clearly knows those people, like so on. This was all just uh, just for show. They get back, they give him, they pay him, whatever. You know, he gives, then he's forced to give this money to uh, Paul Giamatti, who is just, I guess, he owes him money. And you know that because his parent just keeps saying, Frank owes me money. Uh, he, uh, he has a parent that's in his office, anyways. Uh, the Rock's character's name is Frank, uh, like Franco, or Frank, whatever. Uh, gives him the money, whatever. So, now, uh, Emily Blunt and brother show up, uh, because they, uh, and they're gonna, they're gonna try to hire, they're gonna try to hire The Rock's boss, Paul Giamatti, to guide them to this, this place on this map where, uh, this tree thing is, and it's very dangerous to get to. Like, they don't even really know that exactly where to go. Regardless, uh, so The Rock go ends up because so Paul Giamatti locks the the money that The Rock made because he made The Rock give him all the money. Uh, it's still not enough. He lock puts it in a, a register in his office, which he locks, and then he locks the office. The Rock breaks into this office at the exact same time as Emily Blunt knocks on the door, so she assumes that The Rock is the guy that they're trying to hire and not, uh, 
someone who works for him. Uh, ultimately, she says pretends that she has a lot of money. I don't know how what. Uh, and so he opens the door because he need he, he needs money, obviously. And basically, the he he basically pretends to be his boss. Uh, she ultimately uh, unlocks the register for him because she uh, just like broke the safe because she everybody broke some the safe in the thing earlier for the crate uh, and so on. Uh, so they're talking downstairs and they're trying to make a deal, whatever. And then her brother shows up with the rock's boss. And it's like, here's the, here's him. And it's like, he, I, I got him down to 50,000 in this. So, so she realized the rock is full of shit. Uh, but then I think, I think he sees at this point that she has this arrowhead thing or whatever, or something, something, all of a sudden, he like, he's, like, he's the one with the lower price, like, trying to uh, give as little money, or make as little money as possible on this, and so on. Because uh, now, now he really wants, he suddenly really needs to do this. Uh, while this is happening, now, now while this is happening, uh, a random tiger comes in, and, yeah just starts attacking people and everyone's scared and the rock fights this tiger. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, the rules of movies, uh, if anything bad happens to this cat, it's an automatic star deduction. Uh, no matter what, even if the cat is CGI, cause this cat, this tiger was clearly CGI, but regardless, uh, if anything happens to this tiger, I'm like, just, just telling you, uh, they fight a little bit, nothing really happens, and ultimately he throws a stake out the window and the tiger leaves. He, the tiger bit him once. Uh, uh, okay, so basically they they made a deal. They're go, they're going uh, they're, and they're gonna they're gonna go. So the rock goes back to his boat, uh, stolen engine, sets up the engine. Tiger's on the boat. Tiger is actually his tiger. Uh, the tiger's name is Proxima, uh, and yeah, he just had. The, the tiger coming in to attack just to help sell, help sell that they need the rock, basically. So here, also, okay, so when Emily and her brother first showed up, she is wearing trousers, which is apparently a really weird thing for a woman to be wearing at this time, because apparently women don't wear pants. They wear dresses. I, I I guess is the what it, at, in this time period or something. That's my guess. Uh, so the reason I don't know what Emily Blunt's character's name is off the top of my head is because when The Rock sees this and it says, says, uh, mentions something about her uh, her wearing pants and it's weird, he just calls her pants for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point the uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, so yeah, he calls her pants for the rest of the movie. Why? Anyways, uh, so they they get they, they get on the ship and then someone brings all of her brother's luggage, which he expects to put on the small boat. So he and the Rock argue about this and then the rock starts just throwing his stuff off the boat i'm just like okay this is amu somewhat amusing i do appreciate this this is 
totally uh, Liu Kang just tossing Johnny Cage's luggage uh, into into the river in Mortal Kombat when uh, Johnny Cage asks uh, or tries to pay Liu Kang to do that. I'm like, this is totally that, and that's funny. Except it went on too long, and then Emily Blunt gets uh, who was already annoyed at monkeys being in cages, is now annoyed by birds being in cages, and then she was about to let them out from these people who had brought this who had brought this cage over here. These people put her in the cage and then just try, tie her to this rope uh, cable, pulley system, whatever, and tries to just, like, kidnap her, basically. Uh, at the same time, people are now attacking the rock because... The Rock stole someone's engine. So he goes and fights them. And he, uh, Meanwhile, uh, Emily Blunt grabs a hairpin or something from a woman who happens to be sitting next to... Sitting at a table that happened to be, like, right next to where this cable system was going. She pulled it out, grabbed it in the cage, undid this. And so now the two of them are... Her and The Rock are fighting these people, whatever. She punches The Rock in the face at one point. You see that on the trailer. Uh... Then she, she climbs up onto the roof area and she's walking ac- across the, just like, uh, not balcony, just like boards. It's not like one roof. It's just like, uh, like you have boards going across. So it's, it's like a lot of open space. So she's climbing, walking across it and the rock's just like, no, don't do that lady. Don't do that lady. And then uh, she gets on the roof and she falls through it. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, yeah, I told you, told you not to, that she's like, yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, she, they end up back on the boat, and then she's coming back on the police system for some reason, because they're still fighting other people, and then instead of just dropping, she gets, like, tied up in some random cloth that's on this cable for some reason, and she runs into a big sandbag or something and then falls down. I'm like, is this necessary? I don't know. Uh, so they get on the boat, start going. Uh, then you see, uh, then we're back to Jesse Plemons, who is eating. And he, someone comes in and he stop, uh, he stops this person from talking to him because he really has to eat these four peas that he was eating. Uh, and then he's like, this guy tells him, look, we're trying to take care of him. Like, certainly, like, surely you're here because you didn't, uh, you were unable to get, to get her, whatever. Uh, so he's going to take care of this. Uh, so as they're leaving, the Rock and company and Emily Blunt and company are going across, or starting to leave the port, uh, Jesse Plemons and company raise up from a submarine and start shooting at them. So they turn around, and then they do some maneuvers, more than just go- moving a little to the left. They go around this, a, a, like, a sidewinder part of this river, which is where this port town is that they were at, and go the other way, and they want Jesse Plemons launches a, a torpedo at them. Uh, they jump over a, a building, and this it, it ex- destroys the building, and so on, and they go off the other way, and ultimately... We start our adventure, however many minutes in this is. Uh, so the 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 Rock and Emily Blunt don't like each other for 
basically the entire movie. They just, like, bicker, and The Rock only cares about himself. He's one of those guys. Uh, you don't, like, just whatever. It's just how it is. Like, he's one of those assholes. Oh, I hate... And then, and then they're just, like, completely unpleasant to each other. Like, she's always just... It's like, you're the most unpleasant person I've ever met. You only care about yourself, and, and so on. And he's he just... You get you get the point. That kind of deal. And it continues. This just lasts for most of the movie. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, eventually, dude goes downstairs. Brother goes downstairs. Sees that the tiger's down there. Find, find, they find out that the tiger is his. Find out they can't trust, the, uh, can't trust anything about him. And so on. So that happens. Uh, you see a bunch of like special kind of like dolphins or something. And it's like okay, but also uh, apparently if you look them in the eyes, they'll haunt you forever in your nightmares or whatever. Uh, so uh, yeah, so they so they have this map that's gonna lead them to this place and uh, like. She insists that they go one way, and he, the Rock insists they go the other way because that way it's safer or something, and there's rapids the other way. It's like, uh, no, I have this map, and so on. And it's, the Rock also has, like, multiple maps of the same of the same thing. So, uh, I don't know. He knows more than he's letting on or something. And, like, he keeps looking at the arrowhead that's around her neck anytime he she happens to be, like, holding it, or, like, she gives it to uh, her brother, who puts it in a bag, to, and he tells the tiger to the, to go get it. So they start, and it, ultimately, they go down these rapids. They start to go down these rapids. It's difficult. It's like, by the way, she can't swim, apparently, by the way. That's a big, they make a big deal about that. Uh, uh, so they're going, they're going through the rapids, the tiger's down, down below trying to get the thing out of the bag. But in the meantime, uh, a thing of liquor comes out of one of the, the boxes that uh, the brother had brought on the ship. And the, the tiger just starts drinking the wine, or lapping up the wine that goes all over the floor, or whatever kind of liquor it was. Meanwhile, uh... uh the, they, he, the Rock keeps asking them if they want to turn back. Like, in the middle of the, this rapids. It's like, dude, you couldn't turn back even if you wanted to. Look where you are. He asks them, and he says no. And then they, they finish going through the rapids, and he, he asks again if she wants to turn back, and she's like, no. It's like, you will not be turning back from from this point at, at any point. Uh, at one point... This was earlier, before the rapids part, I think. Like, they, they start complaining about needing to eat, and he, he just, the rock just shoots something out of the sky and just drops it in the water, and then just, you see a bunch, a bunch of just, like, bubbling, and he just pulls out a bunch of piranhas that he just pulled out of the water, and it's like, here, eat these. And then they're like, we're not eating piranhas, and then they just start eating the piranhas. Anyways, uh, yeah, that happened. So... Uh, while this is happening, like, uh, 
Jesse Plemons is like trying to get back to them and whatever, trying to find a way, find finding a help basically, because he needs more than his guys. So at some point, he starts talking to bees. I don't know. I'm like, how the fuck do you talk to bees? I don't know. This might have happened later, but like he's looking at maps. Oh, like at some point he ends up in this pit, uh, where a petrified con- uh, conquistador from hundreds of years ago is from how the story started because this because they were fighting over the this uh, arrowhead and this this tree and they became petrified whatever because they were trying to use. Uh, so, so there's a lot of backstory. So he he ends up going to this place because, and he brings seawater. He puts water on this uh, guy, and a bunch of sn- you sit around, and there's a little suspense shit happening. Snakes come out of this dude's face. He starts talking to snakes. Okay, so Jesse Plemons is an heir of Slytherin. That's all I got from this. So. Okay, so Jesse Plemons is either he's Voldemort or he's another heir of Slytherin because he can talk to snakes. And then ultimately he just like dumps an entire, like breaks a, down a dam or something, he makes water be able to reach this area, which brings these dudes back to life because uh, of some curse that happened. Uh, it's not really a curse, it's really they used this t- tears of. The moon tears, whatever, which is what everyone's trying to get. And this ultimately makes people essentially immortal. So I'm going to, at this point, I might as well mention the backstory. This is, I don't think this is where the backstory is mentioned, but uh, The Rock is like 400 years old. His character is 400 years old. He's immortal. Uh, he, is, he is with this group of conquistadors who went, who was in this area and they need they wanted these because they needed them because uh these tear things because uh to cure i think this one guy's daughter and the, this guy got impatient and he like he's tried to uh to get them from the tribe of people who live there and they were like no you're not worthy so they're gonna so this guy tried to kill them all, but the rock interfered, even though they were like their brother, either their brothers or their friends, whatever. Uh, so that, uh, so the rock stabbed the rock or whatever, uh, and betrayed them, whatever. Ultimately they ended up having, uh, used this thing itself, used the, these tears of the moon. Ultimately, there's two bad, and there's one other bad guy. Like, it makes them immortal. They can get killed, technically, but the, then the forest will bring them, the jungle will bring them to the water, and the water will cure them and bring them back to life. So, uh, the rock was ultimately, ultimately survives, and he just lives on. 
And then every now and then this dude will show back up and they'll fight again and the rock will kill him. And then when he reaches the water again, it'll happen again, et cetera, et cetera. Until he, uh, the rock trapped both of them in this area under, and he blocked all the water from being able to get in here. So they were just uh, petrified down in this, down in this, uh, I don't know, pit, I guess. Hmm, I wonder if there's any of these down in the pit in my mall. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe that's why we have to make sure it drains. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So he, he locked him there, and then he just lived on for a few hundred years. Uh, you find this out later when he gets stabbed through the heart and nothing happens. Uh, regardless. Uh, yeah, so... The Rock is, so I guess you can kind of see from that how The Rock is how he is, because he's seen, he's made friends, and they've all died. He's Nicholas Flamel, basically, from Harry Potter. And uh, essentially, at the end, he makes a decision that he just wants to die. So that's not really a surprise. Or he, they're just the the pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean 1. <coughs> so that, they have that situation going on. And Jesse Plemons bring, brings those guys back so they can go fight the rock and so on and get the stuff for him, etc. Anyways, after this rapids happen, like the people that in in the first cruise that they show up, they have uh, that shoot them with the darts. These these people show up on the on the ship. Uh, by the way, also a- after the rapids, all everyone but the rock throws up, even the tiger. I'm like, no. I didn't need that. Anyways, uh, they, uh, th- those people that shot the darts, they, they show up, they get all of them with the darts and then take them away. Uh, you, uh, you're not led to believe that those are the same people you're led to. Those are actually ba- like bad guys. But, and then like the rock is trying, going to use them to try to steal. Ultimately the rock is actually trying to use them to try to steal the arrowhead for himself. But, uh, the people, there then just re- uh basically just reveal that it's the scam by the rock uh and so on so then they talk and then they reveal more about uh the legends and all that shit uh and then i think at this point the the those two bad guys show up and then they they fight or whatever and then that's when the rock gets stabbed and so on or get a knife through the heart. Uh, Emily Blunt pulls the sword out of his chest, etc. Uh, and it's all—all all that just turns into a bunch of sex jokes. By the way, also at some point the Rock starts doing his shitty ass puns to uh, Emily Blunt's brother, and he finds them funny because he's an idiot. Anyways, uh, so then. Uh, the brother guy ends up with one of the people from the, uh, that were part of the scam and on a boat, but they, they get captured by Jesse Plemons on the submarine. Meanwhile, it's just Emily Blunt and the rock and they find the area where they need to go. Uh, but where this tree, where this tree is essentially. And 
they need to drain an entire river because it's below them. So, like, the rock finds this out by swimming and finding some finding something or other. And he basically t- tells Emily Blunt that he needs her, and because she, but she says no because she's never swum before. Apparently, she can't swim. I'm like, oh, because, of course, if someone says, I can't swim, you know they're going to have to swim later. That's the rules of the movies. Uh, So then we have to do a whole thing where she has to undress, and then he can't look and do one of those deals. And, like, she literally just took a jacket and pants that were over other pants off, and he's just like, were you wearing pants over your pants? And just like, okay. Uh, So, like, they swim to this gate, to this area, and he needs her to do this because he can't fit through there, uh, and she's small enough to fit through there to un- to pull this lever down. Uh, so she gets in there. I'm like, you know, if you're invulnerable and you can't die, and you're in water, by the way, I'm pretty sure you could just go through this thing. It might hurt you. It might break your bones, and if you die, you'll just be fine. But, you know, uh, I think you would have been fine. And regardless, they got this done. Uh, but she gets trapped in there. So, like, she's like, I, so, like, if they don't do anything, she's going to die. Uh, so, there's enough of an opening so the two of them can kiss, and he can transfer his, the air he has to her, and then go back up to the surface and come back down and then kiss her again until this works. Until the third time this happens and he gets attacked by fish. Anyways, this works itself out, but as this works itself out, you see the submarine with Jesse Plemons and the brother and so on. Anyways, they go to this area where the this tree is. They figure, like, uh, the rock will lead them with the arrowhead to this tree as long as he gets one pedal, because he just wants to die at this point. For the record, he made that entire town where they, this started at, uh, this port town, uh, he built that entire town himself while he's been here for hundreds of years. Anyways, uh, so they get up, uh, he, he leaves them there, and then, like, Emily Blunt's just like, no, uh, like, I'll, t- like, I, at one point, Emily Blunt wants a pedal instead, and then he, she's just like, if you kill him, like, uh, but he'll only offer them one, so she's just like, I'll, I'll kill him if I have to, or whatever, cause, that that's the trick because he can't die if he doesn't use the thing. Anyways, uh, they get they do they use the arrowhead and get this tree to finally exist. And then uh, while this is happening, the two bad guys show up again because they they fought those bad guys, dealt with them, they were gone for a while. I don't even I think that was the part I wasn't really paying attention to. Uh, so those two kind of turn on Jesse Plemons or whatever. Jesse Plemons still talking to bees and shit. It's just like, I don't, I don't get it. It's like one of these guys is made out of snakes and one of them is made out of bees. It's just how it is. So, uh, they get like, uh, they get the tree to work. Those guys show up. Uh, Emily Blunt stabs the rock. He falls in the water because the brother is still with some of Jesse Plemons henchman dude on a boat and the rock ends up over there fighting them, whatever. Uh, so then she, uh, she, they use pulleys and like she, Emily Blunt ends up on the trees and like when the moon, uh, is no longer visible through this one opening at the top, 
uh, three dies, and so on. Then uh, all all the leaves, which is the leaves, are what they all need to use to do this. Like they get to like one singular leaf that's left that's still viable to use to make one immortal or non-immortal. Which, by the way, Jesse Plemons is using this because he wants this so he could live forever and win this war and rule forever. That's what he wants. Uh, So, uh, yeah. She... It falls out of her hands and then uh, I think she falls down or whatever. Uh, Ultimately, Jesse Plemons then goes and fights... uh, the brother and brother beats him up and a, a large structure falls on top of Jesse Plemons and he dies. The rock then goes and fights the other dudes and he took, he supposedly took the, 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 the tree petal, whatever, but he didn't actually, he still had it and he left it with Emily Blunt and like he, blo- he killed the other two guys and something happened, whatever, but, he, blo- he did something that blocked off all the water, so all three of them are going to die, and they're never going to come back. So they're all just petrified against the wall, and, sh- like, uh, everything, everyone's okay besides The Rock. Now, I'm just like, and for most of this movie, I'm like, if Emily Blunt ever, like, Emily Blunt's character and his character cannot possibly, like, I will not accept them falling in love with each other, because that's bullshit. They hated each other through most of this movie. And then he, she's like, like, they go and grieve over the fact that he's dead now, whatever. And it's like, you're the most unpleasant person I've ever met. And then they're leaving. The tiger stays behind with them, and it's all sad. And I'm like, okay, now I'm sad, because the tiger's sad. And because the tiger's sad, uh, the, he actually get, gets spared, and he unpetrifies, and he's fine. Uh and so on. So they leave. Uh, not, then they go back. They all go to Britain because he. They go back to uh, the port town, but they don't. Need, the Rock doesn't need to stay there anymore. So he goes with with, with Emily Blunt and her brother back to London. Uh, he, the brother, gives another speech and basically just tells them all to go fuck off. And uh, and while uh, Emily Blunt became got a professorship at Cambridge or somewhere. Uh, and then just like, he, he basically just called them all sexist. And meanwhile, all the, the women that were like in the background in, in a back section, all, all cheered them. It's like, not, usually I'm normally for, for this kind of thing. And it's just like, you're kind of doing this and it's kind of forced. You're trying to make like, let's well, like, look, these people are terrible. It's just like, yes. And you didn't have to write it this way. You could have made it normal. Like you made you made these assholes be sexist assholes, and so it's just like it's like you're trying to make this this way just be just to make I don't know I think you get the point. Ah. Uh, and then so on. She has the leaf. She used it to obviously she got it so she can heal people. Uh, heal people who are sick, and so on. The rock. And then she teaches the rock how to drive a normal car and. They make they make uh, m- more shitty ass puns and so on. That's Jungle Cruise, and I talked about it for 40 minutes. And yeah, 
I don't know. I don't think this was as funny as the Ed Astra video, but uh, if you watch this movie, you'll, you'll get what I mean. Just watch it. It's dumb. Not bad, but it's 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 dumb. Anyways, that was a really long episode. I just I talked for like an hour and forty minutes. I don't normally do that, so I'm gonna rest my voice for the rest of the night. Have a good have a good one.